Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations, you know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. It feels like everyone is now in this new phase where most jobs are allowing people to telework at least a part of the week because of COVID and um, kind of how we've been operating since for over a year, almost two years, or maybe I don't know how long it's been. And I see so many parents are so anxious to get back to normal uh, in terms of school. I know most people are sending their kids in person. And I think that it's so, it, I'm sending Mia to school in person, as you, as you guys know. And it's scary. Like, I'm scared. Um, I considered not. I had to push past, like, my fears. And I think with motherhood in general, sometimes you're worried or anxious about things and you don't want your kids to do them because you're afraid, but you have to in order to let them grow. And so in this case, going to school, um, you know, she's three years old. It's kind of optional. I could keep her at home and just continue to teach her. She is very, very smart. She knows like all her numbers, not up to like 100, but like up to 20. She knows all her letters, all her colors, all her shapes. Like she is, um, we're working on teaching her how to write her name. I don't think she's quite there. It's kind of like hard, but she needs that social interaction And that's the piece that's missing. And so she has to go to school. But if it were up to me, she would still be home all day long because that's how I like it. And I feel like um, as parents, this transition from going to um, staying at like having her at home and then going to preschool is like hard. I'm going to cry on her first day. I know I've been talking a lot about preschool, but it's something that I really, really have a hard time struggling with. And also because in my county, the people in it, no shade, a lot of people just like don't want to wear masks. A lot of people I feel like are still unvaccinated. Whereas like you do what you want. I believe everyone, you know, you have the right to make your own decisions. Like I'm not going to tell you one way or the other way. Um, But that just increases your risk a little bit. And so I don't know about like nobody's really wearing masks and I don't know what's going to happen in the future and I'm just really confused with everything and I just really am frustrated too. I'm at a point where I'm just mentally frustrated with the war and what I mean by the war is like the constant back and forth finger pointing name calling anger and tension in our country and maybe it's just where I'm living like maybe if I lived in a place where everyone was more homogenous and not even homogenous but maybe everyone just thought the same way like if you I think maybe I just I don't know I just see so much tension and it's also it's like draining my brain I don't think my husband gets that like I pick up on energy and so it's really hard when everyone's like 
oh my gosh, if you don't get vaccinated, you're the devil. Oh my gosh, if you do get vaccinated, you're going to destroy the universe. Oh my gosh, if you vote this way, you're a sinner. Oh my gosh, if you vote that way, you're evil. And it's just like, oh my goodness, the decisions people make, okay, we don't know why people are making them. We do not live in their shoes. We are not walking their walk. There are some issues that like I will always stand behind and some issues that I may stand against. But that's because of my own personal upbringing and experience and my outlook on life. You may have a different one or you may have the same one. But regardless, I just want everyone to like put down their pitchforks and their axes and their finger pointing and chill out. And it's just so stressful to live in like a high tense place where maybe I need to move to California. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to a friend I have in California and be like, what is the vibe? Like, I just need a different vibe because the vibe I'm getting is so much hostility and I don't like the hostility. Like I want an uplifting, positive place. And I know like every town and every area has their own issues. Um, and it's not necessarily my town. I think it's also just the world that I live in. I'm just also noticing like, Okay, so I live in this area and people have been like mean, like straight up, like finger, like flicking off you off in the road. Like I have been like nervous out with the kids and just like, it's not a bad area. It's a pretty good area. I just don't know if it's a place I should be. And so I'm just really confused on what to do with life and where I want to go next and when I want to go next because we just moved last year so we have no interest in moving you know this year and maybe not even next year but I don't know if I can last like I can stay here for another year I don't know if I want to live here for another two because at that point Mia is entering elementary school and I might need to be in a different space when we enter that. And you know, in two years, we probably will be in a different space. Um, We'll be a little more figured out. We're like really working on figuring out what we want to do and where we want to go and what the five, 10 year game plan is. And I think sometimes, I don't know if, if other couples do this, but you need to like sit down and analyze your life with your spouse, right? Like you need to sit down and go, so we've made some good moves in life, right? Like we moved, we, we're into this house now. Um, we have some pretty good jobs. We have some good job security now. Um, but what's the next move? Like, okay, so now our kids are going to school. We picked the preschool. We really like it. We think it's going to be a great environment for Mia. Awesome. We are kind of figuring out, you know, what's going to happen if we go into the office. We, we're not 100% sure. Honestly, we're trusting God and praying about that. And that's awesome. But um, now we're having the conversation of, of, okay, but in five years, where will we really like to be? In five years, let's talk realistically. What do we really want to be doing? What, do our, what does our day-to-day life look like? I think everyone should do this in general. When you are like pursuing your passions and you know trying to do things, like what do you want your everyday to look like? What do you want to do the first thing in the morning when you wake up? What do you want your daily life to look like? What kind of activities do you do? what kind of people are you surrounded by? And so for me, um, my, my daily, my dream life is I wake up, I have some quiet time alone. No kids are bothering me. Not realistic. Um, I drink my coffee. I read my devotional. I get online, do some content stuff. And then I eat some breakfast with the kids, make some breakfast, get the kids kind of settled in for the day, either drop me off at school 
Um, Elliot will be getting dropped off at school at that point as well. And then I would like to be able to come home and work out and then go back to doing some of the work that I do. And then in the afternoon, maybe like do some good community work, um, pick the kids up from school, do snacks, homework, sports practice. And it sounds like such a basic life, but then I'd also like to be doing some other things that career-wise that I don't want to say yet because I'm like working on it and I think it's important to just like think okay this is what I want to do and really focus in on work on it and like even like what kind of town do you live in what kind of church do you go to who are you talking to every day I would love to establish a small circle of um not just like prayer warriors, but like prayer friends that are like, hey, every morning we get online for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, we do our devotionals together, and then we um, we go about our days, and then we check in throughout the week or something like that. And so I'm working on establishing that community. If you're interested, send me a DM, and I will um, make sure that I update you, but I'll also bring you guys the information as it comes available uh, and anyway, so I'm just looking for like positive energy. And so I said that last, like get rid of the toxicity in your life. Like I'm really focusing on positive energy and, um, doing that. So this episode, I wanted to hit on some things and questions people might have when it comes to motherhood for new mamas, a friend of mine recently had a baby. I was talking to another mom that is kind of like a new mom or a first time mom. Whereas this is round two for me. So there's like a lot that I've learned. And so for this episode, I would like to share things that I've learned, um, tips that I have, and um, just like some encouragement because motherhood is hard. And that first time around, there's nothing like your first, right? I'm so thankful. I I wrote a little note to Mia and put it in one of her picture books for when she gets older. And I was just like, thank you for being my firstborn. Thank you for all the lessons I've learned. And you've taught me so much about love and patience and all these other things. And there really is nothing like your first. And honestly, I'm really happy to have a boy and a girl because there's something different. Like a mom and her son, it's just different. And then a mom and her daughter is different, but it's all special and it's all sweet. And I really just feel like it's like the perfect little complete family. But there might be a mystery baby in five years. Like I always say, you never know. But right now I can see us like two kids, two dogs, like nice symmetrical home. <laughs> um, but let me get into some things that I've learned. And honestly, when I post this episode, I'm going to have you guys comment on things you've learned and we can kind of just like make this a good space for mom, first time moms, new moms to just get some information. Again, this isn't Bible, right? This is just like things that have worked for me, things that I've learned. Every baby's different. Every family's different. And so let's get into that. So some advice I would give, um, some new moms is let your partner or spouse help you or whoever is in the home with you. Like if you live with your mom, let them help you. And if you are married or have a partner, I would say give them a list of what you're going to need help with because 
depending on their person's personality, they might not know. I mean, like, so when I got home from the hospital, Ethan was helpful in like, he would make me a sandwich if I was hungry and he would bring me water if I was thirsty. Um, but we did kind of have conversation beforehand. And even when we got home of what I needed him to take care of, or, you know, to pick up the slack in while I'm focusing on healing and breastfeeding, those were my only two major, major focuses. And then like cuddling Mia once Elliot was born, um, to make sure that she still felt super loved. But I don't know about you. I don't know about your husband or your spouse, but mine operates best from a list. He likes to be texted the morning of or um, just because then he can refer back to it. And then I like to have the receipts of, hey, I told you to do this. And the text is like, I'll like tell him verbally, then I'll text it to him so he won't forget. And he can always look back at it and see what I asked him to do. And then also I can always be like, if he didn't do it, Hey, I asked you to do this. Not in a mean or condescending way, unless I'm really cranky, but in all honesty, um, it was, Hey, uh, I expect you to do the dishes. Can you get up and make me a breakfast? Because at that time, you know, me and Elliot are now going back to sleep because he woke up at 3 a.m. and now he's, you know, ready to go back to sleep or whatever. And just, you know, can you vacuum and things like that? And just partners have to be really patient in the beginning. Those first three months are unlike any other experience in your life. And I will tell you that after those three months, it goes, so the first three months are like a roller coaster. First of all, your your hormones. Second of all, um, establishing breastfeeding, if you decide to do so, can be pretty frustrating. It can be um, like a daunting task. And I will say that you just have to push through. And once your supply comes in, you're going to be okay as long as you keep feeding. My biggest tip when it comes to breastfeeding is if you can, because in some instances you can't from day one. Like with Elliot, I gave him the boob as soon as he was born. And then... Or, you know, 10 minutes after he was born because he was jittery with Mia. I gave her the boob as soon as she was born. And then I was on top of that schedule and, you know, trying to make sure in the hospital I was feeding them every two hours or less than that. It would be like an hour and 45 minutes. And I'd be like, let's see if you want a boob. Um, And see, you know, keep it going. Um, The other thing is that before your supply comes in, that's fine. In fact, your baby, unless there's some serious medical underlying issues, like, and they had trouble with feeding or something that went on and the doctors have told you this, aside from that, like if everything is good, you're good in the clear. Before your milk comes in, your body makes colostrum and that's enough for your baby. It's not going to seem like a lot. It's going to seem like there's nothing really at all sometimes, but there's stuff and it's liquid gold. It's good for your baby. And honestly, you know, the more you give your baby that colostrum, it's going to kick in and tell your body, oh, time to release the milk and it's going to make your supply or it's going to start um, creating just regular breast milk. And usually like day four or five, your breast milk comes in. I think Elliot was like day four for me. It was like the second day home from the hospital. So on our first day home from the hospital, it wasn't really in. And then that second day, like I woke up and was like, whoa, and milk was there, you know, supplies there. And in the beginning, it it's a lot. It feels like a lot. Your, your body makes a lot. And, um, the more you express, the more it makes. So the more often your feed, like you're keeping, that's how you really regulate your supply. And I was scared to, um, 
and I was like pumping with every session because I had so much but like if you pump you're telling your body to make more too um and also know that sometimes pumping doesn't work as good as breastfeeding does and sometimes breastfeeding doesn't work as good as pumping does if your baby doesn't like latch pumping might work for you if your baby um, my body for instance doesn't really respond to pumping um I don't get as much out when I pump, which is normal, but like my big old chunky baby will tell you he is well fed. (laughs) And, um, so like he does, my body just does better with like straight breastfeeding. And so don't panic about your supply. There are things you can do to increase them. Um, oatmeal, body armors are magic. I'm going to repeat body armors are magic magic body armors work really really well for me i have bought lactation cookies that have worked um i don't really i don't so the thing is like once you're breastfeeding you unless you are not feeding as often and unless your cycle hasn't returned yet your supply should be kind of it it will eventually regulate and stabilize so for me when I so during my cycle like closer to my period my supply dips a little bit and then it comes back up afterwards and that's normal it's like has to do with your hormones Elliot still gets enough he just nurses a little more frequently during that time and then during that time I'll drink more body armor I might eat a lactation cookie whereas during the rest of the month I don't need to do those things um he always has enough enough milk and so um Just make sure that you're feeding. That's all that matters. As long as you keep offering your boob, um, eventually it'll catch on. And if it doesn't, that's okay. If you end up having to supplement, that's okay. Like I said, I supplemented with Mia and was so happy to just be able to breastfeed in the morning and at night. And that really ended up working well for me. And even if it frustrates you, if you have to do it, I know it's heartbreaking. I cried over it. Now that I have Elliot, I will say that it was much easier it was much easier to just feed Mia at night and in the morning. And if I was around, right, like, cause I was at work. Um, so on the weekends in the middle of the day, she might want to nurse cause I'm here. Whereas Elliot wants to nurse all the time cause I'm always here. Um, but it was a lot easier for me to leave cause I could say if she's hungry, just give her a bottle. And I knew she, it took me a minute to figure out which formula, like she was a little bit sensitive and she didn't like the taste of all of them. But once I figured it out, and that's the other thing, it might take you a minute to figure out formula if you've had a breastfed baby. I was lucky to have to start supplementing at around five months because I don't think I would have been able to do it after that because just because by then she was like, would be too used to breast milk and it's kind of like a fight and a struggle. So, um... If supplementing is something you want to be able to do, I say go ahead and do it once a day. It will give you a stretch of time to take a bath, to do your hair, and that's always helpful. And if you pump, and in the beginning, you're going to just make excess milk. So get yourself a Milky Milk Saver. They just go in your... They just go in your bra when you're nursing. The other boob leaks. And honestly, I I save so much milk, like so much milk from that, um, especially in the beginning. Um, you may you may leak for a long time. You may not leak at all, and that doesn't mean you don't have supply. Everybody is different, and so, um, and even I never gave Elliot a bottle because I knew like one pumping isn't fun. I would rather just feed him, even if it's like more work for me. I felt like yes, my hands are free from the baby if I'm pumping, and you know pumping is kind of hands free for me. I could be doing my hair or something. 
I just fed him. And honestly, our supply is good. Breastfeeding is great. He just won't take a bottle. So that's why my advice for you, if you want your kid to be able to take a bottle, if you know you are going back to work, if you um, just make sure that you do pump and do offer that bottle once you have a nice established, you know, in a month. So like with Mia, she took a bottle. I only breastfed her for a month, like not only breastfed, but like I exclusively like to the boob breastfed her for a month. And then I gave her pumped milk out of a bottle once a day after she was about a month old and then so that she knew how to drink from a bottle and she was able to like go back and forth pretty easily I know that some people worry like if you give them a bottle they won't have a good latch and like making sure they have a good latch is really really important so make sure you YouTube how to have like I honestly like YouTube everything I if you are a visual learner if it helps you understand just YouTube it I looked and learned. I also had a doula um, my second time around, but I also knew what I was doing. And even in the hospital, once I got it together, like we got it together. And even like the nurses would come in and be like, wow, you're a pro. And I'd be like, yeah, I watched my mom breastfeed like my siblings. I know how to do this. And so, um, yeah, breastfeeding's a journey. It is going to make you, like, I remember in the beginning being so stressed about supply, like, constantly drinking body armors. Now I'm a lot more relaxed, and if it's like, starts to dip a little bit, I might feed him a little more often, or, um, you know, drink an extra body armor. Like I said, lactation cookies help, but if you have to live off of them, then there's something going on with your supply that you might want to try. Uh, power pumping, I did power pump too. Um, At some point, I thought my supply was dipping. So power pumping is just like you do 20 minutes on um, on the pump, then you rest for five minutes, do like 20 more minutes. There's like a couple different ways you could do it. You could like pump for 40 minutes, take a break, pump for another 40 minutes. And um, I did it like one boob at a time so that the other boob could be free to breastfeed from. And then I would switch them. And power pumping is just like letting your body know I need more. Because when your baby goes through a growth spurt, you're going to see that they want to nurse or eat a lot more frequently. And that's the other thing to know that sometimes it's not a supply issue. Sometimes your baby's growing and you'll see like, oh my goodness, you want to eat again. They'll be trying to eat. And what that what's happening is your baby is growing and as they're growing they're getting they're going to be hungrier right so them eating and nursing from you more frequently is telling your body hey this baby's getting bigger i need you to make some more milk to support that and then your body can do it and so um I kind of learned that too. Even with Elliot, I'd be, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you keep eating. And then I'd be like, oh, he grew. Or, oh, it's a leap. And just so, yes, breastfeeding is a journey. Um, if you have questions, I'm for sure I can do like a bonus breastfeeding episode or something, maybe with a lactation consultant. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll table that because it's a lot. Um, and even if you can't or decide not to, that's fine. Like fed is best. Um, colostrum is really, really good for your baby. So I would say definitely try to give them the good stuff in the beginning. And then after that, you can make your decision. Brex milk is amazing though. Um, there have been times where I was sick. I think I've shared this and Elliot didn't get sick because your breast milk has antibodies and it's going to protect that baby. And so if your baby starts to get sick, your breast milk's going to change the composition of it to fight off whatever they have. And so that's reason why, um, you know, kids who are breastfed maybe don't get sick as much. Um, honestly, allergies are less. There's a lot of good benefits, but if you can't, that's okay. Okay. Think of it like this. Every day you have the option to eat the salmon and a salad or a bowl of spaghetti. Both are going to fill you up. Both are going to do give your body different nutrients, right? But both 
are ultimately good. A bowl of spaghetti gives you different um, different nutrients than your salmon and salad will. Your salmon and salad, maybe some avocado over there, is like superfood, but you don't need to eat that every meal, right? So anyway, that's a weird example, but that's just my um, two cents. So the last thing I want to say about breastfeeding is this. Um, and about baby stuff in general. If you already have your newborn, you probably already have so much stuff. If you are newly pregnant or maybe you haven't had your shower yet, here's what I will say. For me, the most stressful thing was knowing my baby shower was like obviously closer to my due date, which is good, great, well, and fine. But knowing there were certain things I wanted to get and if no one got them, I was going to have to get them. Anyway, regardless of all of that, you really don't need as much stuff as you think you need. Again, every person's different. Every, you know, parent's different. Every baby's different. Um, I realized with my second and even still, like I didn't. So with me and we used to swing with Elliot, we didn't. And it's just like to your prerogative, but it's just with babies, some of the furniture and I'm talking like high chairs, a bouncer, a swing, um, the bassinet can be kind of big and bulky and in the way, depending on that, your, like how much space you have in your house and where you place it and things. And some things are nice. So definitely having like a bouncer or something to put your baby in while you go shower is helpful because I would, I remember the first week I was home alone with, with Mia and Ethan at the time worked an hour away. So he was getting home at like 7 PM and you know, that's kind of late if you've been home with a newborn all day, um, stay-at-home moms. I'm sure you can relate like, oh my gosh, I just hate waiting for my husband to get home. And so I would, I honestly had to learn how to like fend for myself. Like, okay, when am I eating? When am I showering? When am I sleeping? They always say sleep when the baby sleeps. It's good advice. I never took it. Um, it just really depends on your threshold for lack of sleep and sleep deprivation. Um, because the thing is people always will say like, don't worry about getting things done. Cause like you could do that while the baby's awake, you know, when the sleep, when the baby sleeps and I'll say maybe once or twice a day, definitely be like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm talking like after you've kind of healed up a little bit, you're good to go. You're trying to now feel more comfortable and established at home. I did not sleep when either of my babies slept with Elliot. I had Mia, so if he was sleeping during the day, Mia wasn't unless it was nap time. And then also, like, well, things have to get done. Like, I have to eat. And when the baby was awake, I'm either nursing or I just want to stare at them. And so you have to kind of account for that because those moments, like those newborn stages are really short. And I will say I have no regret for co-sleeping. I have no regret with holding my baby all the time. There are some challenges. It just depends on what your threshold is. Some parents don't like to hold their babies all the time. I am a baby wearer. Um, I honestly, like now that Elliot's mobile, I don't wear him as much unless like he might go on like one of those actual baby carriers if we're going out. Um, but typically he's in the stroller now, but I baby wore, you know, he's 10 months now. Well, he'll, he's almost 10 months. So I baby wore for a long time. And so my advice is if you are home by yourself and you can't just kind of pass off the baby, really get a good baby wrap. And honestly, most baby wraps 
are good. Um, there's one that I liked more than the other because it was stretchier. And I had two. I had a gray one with Ellie. I, had one, I just had a pink one with Mia that worked really well. And honestly, I could put her in the baby wrap, do a load of dishes, make dinner, make myself something to eat, stand at the counter and eat it, or even sit down and eat it. And we're um, like, if I knew, okay, he is fed and now he's going to just go ahead and sleep in the baby wrap. Like sometimes like just being in the wrap and being that close really helps your baby sleep. And so if you are trying to get things done and I don't know, your baby keeps waking up every time you lay them down, you're getting frustrated. You might just want to put on a baby wrap and get done what you want to get done. Um, and that's what I did. But honestly, the things that make you feel like you have to admit that for three months, at least nothing's going to be normal and eventually you'll get into a rhythm. It does kind of take that long. And honestly, it took a little bit longer sleep wise for me and Elliot to get on a good, a good rhythm. But when it comes to like baby stuff and gear, my like essentials are like, um, either a docketot or a snuggle me. I got a snuggle me, because I liked the like green color. It was like foresty, Everest, like wintery, I don't know, type green that like was really, and he was born in the fall and like, um, it just really made sense and it kind of matched everything. And I was obsessed with that color at the time. And anyway, so I had to snuggle me. Um, now he just kind of crawls in it. He's a little too big to actually like sleep in it or anything. Um, or you could get a docketot. And I honestly want a big docketot for him now just so that I think that he would sleep in it in the living room. Maybe, I don't know. Um, they have like the extended sizes, but definitely one of those. I used that all the time when he was first born. Um, he slept in that pretty much primarily like all the time. And then I would say definitely like a bouncer or sort of some, some, or if it's like a swing that's not too big or I don't know, whatever your baby likes that you can put them in while you shower or while you do a quick load, like I would realize, oh, you will be happy sitting in this um, like rocker bouncy type chair for 10 minutes. That's enough time for me to start the dishwasher or that's enough time for me to make a sandwich. That's enough time to me for me to like do grilled cheese or to, to shower real fast. And like having those chairs, especially if you're home by yourself, is helpful because you don't want to wait for your spouse to come home to do something. And like sometimes men don't understand like you've been at home with the baby all day. Like you've been at home, baby has been on you, you have been stuck all day. You just want to wash your hair. And you need more than seven minutes to do it or more than six minutes to do it. Like as a mom, you'll get really good at showering really fast. And so I would um, bring the chair and then put me in it. And I honestly did that with Elliot until he started being able to sit up because then obviously he's going to like flip the chair over. But so I did that with Elliot for a long time um, when I needed to shower. Cause we're both like, as a baby, he's an early riser as a, as a me, I'm an early riser. So at 6am, if Mia and Ethan are asleep, cool. I'm not going to wake up my, my, my two-year-old or three-year-old at the time, two-year-old at the time, now three-year-old. Um, I'm going to put Elliot in the chair and go take a shower real quick and get dressed and do breakfast and then, you know, put him in the wrap and get my day going, get breakfast ready and done and cleaned up. And then when he's ready to nap, cool, Ethan can wake up and do, you know, get, heat up her breakfast. I can go lay it down with him. And it just like you kind of get into a rhythm and a routine. But having all of this stuff, like there are certain things you want. You want a good car seat. 
Um, you want a good place for them to sleep. So bassinet, crib, whatever. I'm a co-sleeper. All of those are just space taker uppers. Don't use them at all. Honestly, with Elliot, this is a little unconventional, but this is kind of what I'm thinking. He's always co-slept. Judge me or not. Um, Mia also co-slept. She's three. Um, and she pretended to use her crib. So like sometimes when we had our nanny, she would go in the crib. Sometimes I could get her to lay in there for a little bit. It was all a joke. Um, so Elliot now has that crib, which is now a joke. And so Mia has honestly only started sleeping in her bed like in the last year. But it's a big girl bed. Like she helped put it together. It's pink. It has her like I didn't even do a toddler bed. We just went straight to um, a twin size. And it's like, you know, it's going to be good for her for a while. Now, once she gets to like fourth, fifth grade, we might need to upgrade. Like maybe even like fifth grade. We may need to upgrade to like um a queen or a full, you know, and like when we move to our new house, um, our forever home, I'll upgrade her bed then. But like right now she's still kind of like a little person, like a little kid. So there was no point in getting a toddler bed because one, my kids are tall and I just knew it was going to be a big old waste of time and money because if she can only sleep in it for a year, like why are we going to have a toddler bed? Like it's basically the same thing as a twin. And our her twin bed is kind of like princessy shaped and it has a little bit of a rail. And also if your concern is them rolling out of the bed. So her twin at this age, she can get out like, like once they become age appropriate, she can get in and out of her bed. Fine. Like if she wakes up in the middle of the night, she can crawl out and find and come find me or her dad, like whoever she wants that night. Um, cause sometimes she'll wake up and ask for like, be like mommy. And sometimes she'll wake up and be like daddy. So it just depends on, I guess, whoever she wants to cuddle with. And, um, like you can kind of, anyway, so her bed is against the wall. So on one side, she's just going to run into the wall. And on the other side, it has like a little bit of a rail. She's never fallen out of her bed that we know of. Um, she is a crazy sleeper, but also if your kid is little, so she started in that bed at two. Um, not the whole night though. Like, honestly, um, she started in that bed at two. And then you can buy these little rails or bumpers if you want a little bit of a rail and you have a toddler and like her bed's low enough that like she can climb in and out of it. Like there's no real concern. Um, so I just completely skipped the toddler bed stage. And honestly, think toddler, no offense to anyone who uses them. I think toddler beds are stupid <laughs> and I don't like them. Like they're plastic and like they're not all plastic. Like you can get like a one that matches right and like the plastic ones can be cute if it matches your kid's room like if you did a race car room then you had a race car bed or a princess room then you had like a princess bed or whatever I get it they're kind of cute I just think they're dumb and I think if you have are limited on space and have other kids sharing it might make sense to use a toddler bed because it's smaller than a twin but honestly we just skipped the toddler bed and um the other thing is with Elliot because he is used to sleeping in a bed, it doesn't make sense for me to start to try to put him in a crib because I realize when he is in the crib, he like gets his arms stuck in the holes. He um, like there's things and you're not supposed to use like crib bumpers. And I think he's old enough that he could pull it off of him. Like if he pulled it down or something um, like he's 
old enough to figure it out, but I wouldn't want to like risk anything. So I just don't like the crib situation. But what I do like, and I might have shared this already on the podcast, and if I have, I'm sorry for repeating myself, but like a Montessori floor bed that is completely closed in. So it has the same kind of concept of a crib where it is, you know, you can get like a toddler size, you can get a really big size, you can get a twin size, and it's on the floor. So I'm sure you've seen floor beds. If you look at them, they're really cute. But because of the mattress, there's still the element of rolling off of the mattress. Um, so with the floor bed, it I like the Montessori floor bed idea because it, at least the one that I found, like you can get them not closed in, but the one I found is going to be closed in like a pretty big area for him to lay on and like roll if he rolls and there's no like falling off of a bed um it does close in but it doesn't have those crib bars that are like open so like it's not like he's gonna get his arm stuck he will be able to like pull to stand and look over it but he's not gonna be able to like climb out of it i hope <laughs> I, pr- I pray and so I honestly am thinking for his room like we're just gonna get rid of the crib get rid of the changing table and get a regular dresser and um like a cute little floor bed and put it in there instead of trying to do a crit like to trying to force things that just aren't natural because I think it'll feel more like sleeping in the bed um so godspeed but yeah so I don't remember what my advice was that I was talking about oh but like in terms of items you need definitely a bouncer definitely a baby wrap if you are struggling like honestly it took me like a month before my or like a couple weeks my aunt was like oh I had this baby wrap I never used it she helped me figure out how to wear it game changer baby wrap all day every day everywhere and it really frees up your hands So tips on postpartum recovery and like also just venting about postpartum recovery. It's going to suck. It all kind of sucks. And honestly, the sitz bath is so good for you if you've given birth vaginally and it's so important. However, it was really annoying. So the first time I had the baby. So like when I had me, the first time I had the baby, my first, the first time, my first kid, my first pregnancy, my first child. I remember like sitting in the sits bath and be like, okay, this is a moment alone. Ethan would like take Mia. I knew I needed to do it. It was fine. Or as soon as she would be like in the bassinet, I would like run, you know, get the water going and, you know, make some tea, sit down, be in the bath. Um, it's really healing. It's really good for you. But once you have two, it's really annoying because then Mia's like, mom, what are you doing? Like, can you come play? And she keeps like, uh, but And I made my own kind of like healing pads with aloe and I don't even remember, like lavender maybe. Um, And I froze them when I, with Mia. And then like the hospital ends up giving you so much that I didn't end up using them all. Um, With Elliot, I didn't even make any of those. But with Mia, I did. And it was kind of nice. Don't even like, don't even worry about wearing pads. Like just wear diapers. Don't let your pride get to you. It's so much easier um, than anything. It's for a short period of time. It's convenient. Just going to leave it there. Um, And it's kind of a mess. Also, know about baby blues. Know they exist. Uh, I think I've talked about it. I I had very different um, reactions or very different situations with baby blues with each baby. And um, 
it took me like till day three when I was like, oh my gosh, it's baby blues. Duh. With Elliot, with Mia, I knew exactly what it was right away because it was so uncontrollable to the point that it felt scary emotionally to me to just be sobbing. And Ethan was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I was just like so happy. Like, I just love our child. And um, yeah, it was a mess. So just be prepared for the mess. I also with Elliot, I didn't do, I tried to do it with Mia, but when I look back at my maternity slash like postpartum clothes, they really weren't that cute. But with Elliot, I did buy like, luckily work from home has been like a real big thing. So I bought like a bunch of cute lounge sets. It was fall, um, like cute pajamas and slippers so that I was like put together, but still really comfortable during the postpartum period. So, um, definitely invest uh, that is probably my best investment and then if you're breastfeeding just be prepared to just change shirts constantly it's literally a mess and I bought I'm not I'm not gonna get into like what you do with your leaking because like you can wear those pads there's reusable pads I always ended up just grabbing the closest blanket and being like okay well now this is soaked this has to go in the wash um with Elliot whereas like with Mia I had like all the breast pads it's just so funny like how with your first you just want everything to be like nice and it's like kind of calm and with the second you're like whatever this will do um there were certain things I was pretty specific on and still kind of picky about but there are definitely like you're definitely more relaxed with your second and so Yes, divide the housework. Breastfeeding's a challenge. Make sure you're trying to establish a supply, but don't wait too long to give the baby a bottle. It's just like a balancing act and like give yourself grace and try to like mind over matter because honestly, it's like a war zone. It has to be mind over matter. Um, For me, I would be like if I got an hour of sleep, it's a win. And I remember with Mia, I used to use the app for feeding. So with the feeding and things, um, like I was saying, mind over matter. I got a phone call in the middle of recording. That was annoying. Um, but I remember thinking, if I get an hour of sleep, it's a win. And instead of thinking, um, especially those first couple weeks, when your baby doesn't know the difference between night and day, and you're trying to get them to sleep longer at night, um, it's just mind over matter. And those naps and I'm just getting to, I'm gonna yawn sorry guys thinking about it I'm sorry if you guys are yawning now sorry if you're like me someone yawns and then I yawn I think it's because like that means we're not sociopaths that's like a thing google it but um I yeah so anyway mind over matter I remember setting the timer I would set the stopwatch I would feed Elliot right change him feed him he falls asleep, lay him down, close my eyes to go to sleep. Before I close my eyes, start the stopwatch and then also start the the alarm. So if he were to sleep for like four hours miraculously and like they're still so little, they really need to eat. Um, it would go off. The alarm would go off and wake me up, but that I never really had to use it except for one time, um, to feed him. But, um, I remember like if I got like one time I got like two and a half hours and I was like, wow, that was a long stretch before he woke me up. And so just like mind over matter, celebrate the little victories. I got peed on so much with Elliot and I have brothers that I've changed their diapers. I mean, it's been years. They're they're grown now. I'm grown now. 
Um, so I felt like I knew how to handle boys. Nope. I got peed on so much. And I would tell myself every time, remember he's going to pee and I would still get peed. I got peed on so much when he was for, when Elliot was first born. That's like a boy problem with girls. You don't have that problem. Um, and yeah, so honestly, like, find one positive thing, like, just one, like, for me, it was, I get an hour of sleep, I'm celebrating, and then when you wake up for the day, it's always kind of weird, because I wasn't sure, so, like, with Mia, it was just me and Mia, and Ethan was at work, so we woke up for the day at 10 a.m., she would wake up at, like, 5, go back to sleep, and then she would wake up at, like, 7, go back to sleep, and I would go back to sleep each time. And then at 10, I was like, okay, now I'm going to get up for real and make breakfast and things. With Elliot, I couldn't do that because Mia, Mia's around, like Mia's here. Um, so our, my days started around 7 a.m. With, with Elliot once we got into a routine. And they still kind of start at 7. Elliot will sleep now until about, well, I'll say the latest he'll sleep now is 8 a.m. Um, like, like this morning, he woke up at like 7.50 and I was like, wow, because usually he's up closer to 7, 7.15, 7.30. Like, at the, like that's his normal range, but like he can go till about 8 o'clock, um, but that's the latest he'll sleep. So just like adjusting your schedule to fit that and then finding your you time, you won't figure it out at first. At first, you won't know. It might be when the baby's breastfeeding, you get to get on your friends, get on the peanut app, chat with other moms, listen to mom podcasts. They really feel, I mean, you're listening to this one, but I'm saying like, it really helps you feel connected. And especially those ones about new more days, like you, it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. And then it'll come over time. Elliot is almost 10 months and I've gone out like maybe three times now in the evening with a mom friend and it's been really nice and um it'll come it it will come and I keep telling myself this now because I'm still kind of frustrated with not being able to really go out and really leave like um I think the other night I did go out I'm also kind of struggling to find my circle of moms and that's the other issue working on it there's like one mom I think is pretty cool there's, you know, it's just like finding the thing, like, I don't know, figuring it out. But, um, I remember feeling frustrated still, like, man, it's almost been a year and I still, when Mia was almost a year, I was at karaoke night every Thursday because she took a bottle. Elliot won't. So I still feel really tied down. Like I really just want an overnight with my husband. I'm really craving that. I really can't do that still. And so it's really frustrating. Um, but like in a year from now, it won't be a, an issue. And just so just remembering like the hard stuff is really, really hard, but it isn't hard forever. And honestly, it isn't hard for long. And that's how I got through labor too. And like the, the fear of giving birth was, I know it's going to suck. I know it's going to be painful. I know like people say, don't think that I just had, I had to come to terms with it and was like, I know it's hard work, but it's only hard work for a really short amount of time. So that's my two cents. This week's episode is a little bit of a longer episode. You're welcome. But I wanted to tell you guys about the peanut app. I've talked about it a couple of times in previous episodes, 
I have been able to connect with a few really cool mamas, one that lives in my area. We've hung out a few times. She's lovely. Um, And if you are looking to gain your mama tribe, if you're trying to make mama friends, you need to join the Peanut app. Let me tell you three cool things the Peanut app does. The first is it's going to connect you with people who live in your area. So you're going to be able to meet moms, chat with them on the app, kind of like dating, but not. And then if you're really interested in setting up a play date or something, you're going to be able to do that. The second thing it does is it has this thing called pods. It's kind of like a podcast. It's kind of like a Zoom call. It's this whole thing wrapped into one where you can start one or you can join one. So in a previous episode, I talked about how I joined a pod that talked about, I don't even remember, but there's ones that deal with like breastfeeding. They talk about intimacy after marriage and they have like special educated guests come in and host pods, but you yourself can also host a pod. So I will be hosting a pod in the future. I'll let you know what to date. I'll let you know when to check it out so we can all meet and chat there. But the peanut app is truly, truly amazing. And then the third thing it does is it has these forums and pages where you can ask questions. You can join groups, um, with parents who have the same kind of birth date. So like I'm in October 2020 babies group where we're talking about teething right now. And so there's lots of different places and lots of ways to interact with other mamas and get lots of advice on motherhood. So in the description of this episode is my referral link to go to the peanut app. From there, you're going to be able to download the app and start connecting. And I'll make sure I'm one of your very first connections. It is a lot of fun. Um, If you're bored, you can always hop on a pod after you listen to my podcast, of course, and chat with other mamas or listen to other mamas. I was in a really good one about race with people from like the UK, a woman from a Native American tribe, and it was just really interesting to hear their perspectives and then to be able to share my own. So make sure you download the peanut app, but use my referral code, okay? Please use my referral code. It's going to help you get set up even easier than just downloading the app and get to connecting. Back to my episode. In the end, my biggest advice to new moms, sorry for the lullabies in the background, it's keeping Elliot asleep, is to trust your gut and do what you feel is best. Lots of people are going to throw out their opinions at you, including family, including friends, including people like random people at church, random people at the grocery store, but they're not your baby's mother. You are. So in the end, you know what's best. And if you trust that and you trust your gut, you can't go wrong. So, um, Ethan's actually dropping me off at my grandma's right now. And for us moms of older kids, when I say older, me is three. Like once they get to two, three, the tantruming, the tantruming ages, it becomes quite difficult. And I think that um, just something about motherhood in general, if you have a new baby, I'm sure eventually you'll feel this way. You might not feel it now, but you can feel underappreciated and undervalued um, with how much work we do. And it can become really, really frustrating because I was, uh, I just had like a frustrating three days, like little occurrences that built up over three days that led to, that led me to like leave my house and go for a walk last night. Cause I was really frustrated. And so when you're a mom, 
um, one of my advices was to, oh, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but was to let your partner take on some of the load. That means he needs to do the dishes. He needs to throw in a load of laundry. He needs to vacuum. Like I told, um, on one of the episodes, I was saying that like for me and Ethan, he works best if I give him a list and like the day I want it done. So if I'm like, Hey babe, today I need you to run the trash out. It's getting full. Can you unload and load the dishwasher? He'll do it. Right. But even just having to tell him to do those things is mentally taxing. And no one really talks about this mental load we carry. We ca- and that's why we, I feel like as moms, we're forgetful because we carry so much information. You know, everyone's social security number, everyone's birthday, everyone's schedule, you know, when the milk expires in the fridge. We know what needs to be cooked when based off of expiration date. We know we're low on goldfish and so we're gonna have to buy more goldfish because you know if your three-year-old doesn't have goldfish for a snack it's gonna be a whole conundrum and so we carry so much and it can be and that's why I think Mother's Day is a bigger holiday than Father's Day no shade to the dads but their brains don't carry as much information household information I'll say not to say that they're not smart they're just different and I think um you know as times change and as we split the responsibilities what I've noticed is that it it can be hard when, if we're both working, right, and if we're both working, and if I have the baby, who's, you know, the harder child to, to handle sometimes, um, and sometimes it can be Mia, depending on the day, why is it that I have to remember everything? Why is it that I have to carry everything when, or when it's like we both have this kind of, I don't know, we, we have the same responsibilities, but mine is more. And so it was one day where um, over the course of three days, this is what happened. And this is just my real life. So on Friday, we were supposed to go to my grandmother's house for dinner um, for my sister. She's going away to college. And it was on Friday. And I personally hate family gatherings during the week because it is always easier to travel with Ethan, right? So the earlier in the week on Wednesday, I had gone out to my aunt's house to go to the pool, have a good time, full on storm hit. I'm talking hail, wind, all of it. And I was stuck like trying to manage two kids. Luckily, my family has helped. We all got wet. It was actually kind of hilarious thinking back on it. But at the time it was stressful. And then I knew like once we got home, well, now we have been swimming. So we all have to get in the shower. I need to be washing hair. And by the time we got home, it was just like late for us. Like eight o'clock is late for us because I have a 10 month old baby. Three year old can stay up till 10 if I need to, to be out. She would be fine. She would just maybe fall asleep or whatever, but baby needs to be in bed at eight. And so anyway, so it was Friday and we were supposed to go to my aunt's house and Ethan had to work. However, all week he didn't have overtime. So we predicted that Friday he wouldn't. Um, Earlier in the day, I was like, how are your numbers with work and everything? And he said they're pretty low. And so he gets off at 445. Now, the way his job works is when he's working with, um, he like works and does like clients information and different things. If he's working on something, he can't really log off till it's complete on that same business day just because of the way transactions work. And so, um, he is working on something that was kind of involved and he wasn't entirely sure on what to do. And so he was getting help from different members of his team and he was working to make sure everything was right. Everything's good. And it was taking a long time. He had no overtime. 
he didn't get off work till seven. And I'll say this, that the frustrating part was at 445. So at 330, I had the bags packed, kids dressed, myself was getting dressed and we were getting ready to go. I was getting ready to go ahead. And I look outside, it looks like it's going to thunderstorm and check the weather. It's going to thunderstorm. I tell my family, like, as soon as Ethan's done, we're leaving. Like I got Ethan's clothes. He changed. So he was ready to clock off and he was getting frustrated and working around this item. And I was saying, Hey, what's going on? And it turned into him was, he was being really stressed. He couldn't tell me what to do. It gets to be five 30. And, you know, it's, and now it's going to take me like 45 minutes to get to my grandma's house. Usually it takes like 30 minutes tops to get there. And I'm like, I'm not going to drive 45 minutes in a storm by myself. It's 530. The kids are hungry now. Like they're hungry now. Um, Cause we usually eat dinner at 530. So I don't, it's like when you have kids, you kind of have to stick to their schedule. Yes, you can push them, but with babies, Babies just have a different threshold, right? So like with Mia, yeah, she usually eats at 5.30. I could push it to 6 and give her a snack. Could I do the same with Elliot? Not if I'm driving, right? He would need to, like he's a baby. I have to like supervise his snacks. And um, if he, if I were to give him like milk, like if I were to breastfeed him, then he wouldn't be hungry for dinner. And I really want him to eat dinner because I feel like when he, the nights he eats really good dinner, he sleeps well. And so then the next day my friends were coming over and it was going to be this whole other thing we had to deal with. And so anyway, I'm just frustrated and, um, he's frustrated and he's like, I don't know, babe, what to do. He's yelling at me and I'm getting mad because I'm like, I just need communication on where you are in your work process. Are you halfway done? Are you almost done? Is this going to take a while longer? And so finally at 5.30, he's like, you should just go. It's going to take a while longer, but now it's too late. And so then I'm kind of mad because it's like when you started this, whatever you're working on, once you knew it was going to take a while, you should have communicated to me knowing full well we have kids. Hey, this is going to take a while. Just go ahead. And then I could have been there before the storms started. And yeah, maybe stayed a little later. At least we weren't swimming that day. So, and I had packed the kids pajamas because I was like, we're going to eat dinner. I'm going to change them. That way when we get home, I can just lay them into bed. And it just ended up not working out. And um, I wasn't mad about the work situation because that's not really something you can control. And I told him that he was like, I'm so sorry. And I said, you don't need to apologize to me because work took a long time. You need to apologize to me for the way you spoke to me. Cause he was just frustrated and angry and he was yelling and kicking things. And I was getting mad. Cause I was like, I need to feed my kids. So then, so anyway, I got them Chick-fil-A. I didn't drive. I ordered it. I door dashed it just before you're like, you didn't want to go in the storm. No, someone else went out in the storm for me and Ethan ordered me Chipotle. And I was like, family, I'm not going to make it. And yeah, it was annoying to like miss dinner. Um, but it was just more annoying the way I feel like all day he had been snippy with me. And I know work is stressful. Um, and I know like when you're mad, you can't always control it. But I just wish it would be like, hey, they work is really hard right now. Can we talk later? Like things like that would be more effective than him going, what? What do you need? Like what? And like kind of whining and then yelling at me because that's just a huge turnoff. And so that happened Friday. And so I was kind of annoyed. But I didn't like fight him on it. I didn't like argue with him on it. I kept saying it is what it is. I, I I was also trying not to talk to him, but I'm not, I'm not an asshole. So I was just telling him like, you know, it is what it is. It's fine. Like it's life. Let's move on. Saturday rolls around. 
And on Saturday, my two best friends are going to come hang out. We're going to go out to dinner with my two best friends. They're going to come sleep over. And Sunday morning, we're going to go to church. Um, and so Saturday morning, we're just like trying to clean up and get things together. Uh, Elliot had woken up. Everyone woke up kind of late on Saturday morning, which was like a blessing and a curse. They napped a little bit later than normal, too. They didn't nap till like 2 o'clock. Usually they nap like one for one thirty for Elliot, but like 1 o'clock for Mia. And anyway, so we... Um, we're getting ready to go, and we go to my mom's house, and we go to dinner, and it's really nice, a good time. Like, can't complain. We at we're at this, we were eating rooftop, um, and it was just like a nice, because me and Ethan haven't been out together since Elliot's been born. So for ten months, we haven't been out at the same time. Um, we can take turns, or we can take the kids, but we haven't gone out together. And so we, I don't know what that button. I just hit a button at work. I don't know what it was, um, and. So we we had done that, and then we came back, and we were hanging out, playing games with Bran and Jordan. Those are our best friends. I can say their names on the podcast. And um, he, what happened? I ended up um, staying up a little bit later than he had, just because of the conversation we were having. It always goes from, like, hanging out and playing games to getting deep, which is why I love hanging out with my friends, because I like to get deep. And Ethan had fallen asleep. Mia had fallen asleep. Elliot was as Elliot kids were like asleep, which is fine. And then Ethan. And then so finally, I'm like, well, you know, what? I'm gonna go to bed. I have to go to church in the morning. Um, it was like one o'clock at this point. And I told Ethan, like, hey, why don't you go lay Mia in bed? I'm going upstairs to go to bed now too. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, well, just don't forget to um, check her pull up and all of this. And he's like, why are you barking at me when I first wake up? Blah blah blah. And I was like. You're not going to speak to me that way. I'm sorry you fell asleep. You had the right to go to bed whenever you wanted. Um, don't be rude. So then I was kind of mad because I felt like he had snapped at me all week, snapped at me on Friday. Now he's yelling at me in front of my friends because of whatever. And he did apologize later. And I was like, I looked at him and I said, dude, I'm just done. And I put Elliot to bed. I got Mia what she needed. And then I went to bed like no talking to you. And then like later he was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for being rude. That wasn't right. And so that was fine. Then comes Monday, Sunday, we were all just tired. So I took a nap. Um, we went to church. It was fine. Set Monday comes around and, um, Mia was just in rare form. Ethan had taken the day off of work. We, we had like some back to school stuff to do. And, um, Mia was just melting down over every little thing. And I figured, like, she didn't eat lunch really well. I made spaghetti. Um, well, my mom made spaghetti, so I just kind of heated it up. And she didn't eat that really well. And then it was bath time. So I did a bath right after because Elliot was covered in spaghetti. He ate really well. And actually, he didn't eat that well either. And so, I mean, he ate better than Mia did, though. And uh, I was just, like, frustrated, like, like, you know, how many meals can I come up with the kids? They can't live off of mac and cheese. And usually I'm pretty good, but I was just kind of done. I had worked and everything. And then Mia's just keeps melting down. And I'll tell you, like, when you're with your kid 24-7 and they're always crying, like, the tantrums, the, the terrible twos are hard, but having a three-nager is hard. Um, the attitude, the sass. And I'm like, girl, you need to stop. You're going to preschool. You cannot act this way at preschool. And... 
finally we were going, we're in the kitchen and I was, she had wanted some candy that we didn't have any. And I told her, Hey, listen, I have some sherbet, um, sorbet, sherbet. I don't know. We have some sort of ice cream type fruity situation in the freezer. Let's go get it. And she's like, okay. And so I went to go get it and some things fell out of the freezer cause it's super packed. Um, cause we just grocery shopped and I was kind of frustrated. So I was like cleaning up, um, what had dropped and, Mia trips and falls and um she starts like but like she fake falls right like she trips she fake falls onto the ground starts crying and so I'm going to pick her up and I'm like you're okay you're okay you're fine like you just tripped a little bit and she's like no mommy it hurts and she's all upset she runs to her dad and it's like mommy pushed me and it's like mommy did not push you first of all second of all first of all mommy wasn't even near you you're just tripping over frozen fruits or frozen frozen meals or whatever is in the freezer and so she's just yelling and being mean and then finally she comes down and I tell her like hey listen we're having a really hard day I think you're hungry let's get you something to eat and relax she's not having it right and like so I'm all about the gentle parenting approach I'm trying to remain calm but at this point I can't she's like no I want daddy don't talk to me don't touch me I don't like mommy and by now I'm fed up because I feel like I have given my all to everyone in this house I have grocery shopped I have made meals. I have made sure we're fully stocked, which is like my responsibilities. But like the no thank yous, no like, hey, baby, got my favorite food. Thanks. Like, no, no, nothing. Ethan has yelled at me for days. Mia's been yelling at me for days because she's like a three-year-old. And Ethan's just like getting frustrated. And I'm like, well, don't get frustrated. We're trying to like help her calm down. And finally, um, I'm like, I'm going to go put Elliot to bed. I go upstairs. Ethan's like, babe, what's wrong? I'm mad because Mia is being mean to me. And I know she's three, but my feelings are hurt. She doesn't want me. She wants you. She's blaming me for everything that's happening. And I know it sounds like juvenile, but sometimes you have days where you're fed up. And I looked at Ethan and I said, I can't. And I was really going to go to Marshall's, y'all. I was really going to go shop, but I really am saving for Disney. So like frivolous shopping needs to be extra savings for Disney so instead I like went outside with Elliot because at this point Mia is like laying on her dad crying if I walk out the door Elliot's gonna start crying so I take Elliot with me I put him in the stroller I go for a walk and I'm just like done like I'm done I'm tired of everyone yelling at me I'm tired of everyone I was just done (sighs) and then I started it started to rain on me so I'm like walk I'm like halfway like we near we live near a high school, like I'm halfway to the track. It starts to rain. So then I turn around and I come back inside. And Mia's like, Mommy, where'd you go? I missed you. And she's being cute. And I'm like, I can't deal with this anymore. I am going to bed. I am going to bed. I am now wet. It has rained. I'm dirty. I'm hot. I'm annoyed. And I went to bed. But I'm just telling you, motherhood is not for the faint of heart. They are like the sweetest moments and sweetest days. Like yesterday I was just holding Elliot and like literally crying because he's going to turn one and you know, the, the days are long, but the years are short. And I was thinking, I told Ethan, like, maybe I was feeling bad because Mia didn't want to go to me. I was like, maybe I'm not spending enough time with her. And he's like, you're home all day. Like she's hanging out with you all day long, unless she's napping. Like, what are you talking about? Or unless you're teaching and you have like work to do, like, obviously then she will go downstairs and play because the basement has most of her toys, um, so that I can focus on my job and stuff, and I don't know, and I was just like, I feel like I'm failing, I don't know how I'm going to send her to preschool, but 
honestly, that's just the nature of three-year-olds. Their brains are really underdeveloped. It sounds bad, but your brain isn't fully developed till 25. So at three years old, think about where your brain is. Like they don't conceptualize things like we do. They don't have experiences and they don't experience feelings and things the way we do. They experience it on like a much higher, different level. Anyway, it was rough. And I mean, rough. And so um, I'm about to close out the episode, but I just wanted to share that because it was like real life experience. And then just feeling undervalued and underappreciated is hard. And that's pretty much all I have to say about motherhood and new mom advice and all of that. It goes by really, really quickly. Um, it's August. Elliot's birthday is in October, so I started planning his first birthday party. I know it's going to be a little bit challenging with Delta variant, and I'm not 100% on what I'm doing about my guest list, but I do know a party will for sure be happening. It's going to be really cute, super cute theme. Um, but it goes by so quickly. And honestly, I was like emotional about, you know, he's going to be one and it's exciting. I definitely love that age. One is a great, great age. I really do feel like in the beginning, like with babies and newborns, they're so sweet and they're so cuddly, but it's really a mental game as a mom. You're trying to like get your baby to understand the difference between night and day when they're newborns. And you're trying to like not kill your husband and figure out your new, your new normal and what survival looks like. And so it does get better. I can tell you like almost 10 months in, it gets so much better. Um, and as always just challenges with, with each age and, uh, it goes by really quick, even though the days, the days really are long, uh, but the years are really short. And so I'm getting ready to celebrate Elliot in a couple months and getting ready to send me to preschool. So this fall is going to be a lot of big changes for me. Um, so send me love. I'm definitely going to be like, my kids are getting bigger and that's always really hard, but really, 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 really special. I have some really cute, sweet things planned for each of them. Um, Mia for her going to preschool and then of course Elliot for his birthday because there really is just something about a mom and her boy I'm telling you and aside from that yeah I was going to update you guys on life um, just been working on the behind the scenes projects next week I have a really great episode coming to you I'm hoping the audio is good and um, it's a guest we're gonna have a special guest one of my best friends from childhood and it's gonna be full of nostalgia and we both are moms so it's kind of fun to catch up with a mom that I kind of grew up with as a kid now we both are parents of two so don't you're definitely gonna want to listen to next week's episode and we'll continue to have guests as time allows but anyway um stay safe out there um sanitize 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 it is back to school time so you know the germs are always just floating around at the beginning of the fall unfortunately so just wash your hands and um pray and good luck all right y'all i love you don't forget to give me a five-star rating on um, apple Podcasts. leave a review if you love me that much and i will chat with you guys next week be well